0: And let me just say, uh, I was just so touched by last week's word. How many of you were convicted? I spent this week continuing to repent and continuing to allow the Lord to bring things to mind and and it's cool how the Holy Spirit orchestrates the messages at Communitas. I, I've been as I've been hearing even before Tim shared, we didn't know we were gonna be able to fit him in. Tom's been carrying a word on his heart about the fear of the Lord. I want to tell you about this guy though. This guy this guy's uh he serves on the leadership team here at Communitas He's an anointed worship leader. He, we let him off tonight because he's preaching. So, But I've seen him do it all. I actually, got he's from Grand Rapids. Him and I just connect. We love the outdoors. I got to go to his hometown a couple weekends ago. That was a blast. And Tom's just a servant. And uh, so, yeah, he lives down there with us. And, and uh, this guy does a lot. And so we're blessed to have you. I'm thankful for the word that God has put in you. And he's cultivated this for a while. So let's just open our hearts and And prepare to receive. Father, we do thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you inspired the writing of it. And I ask tonight that you would inspire the ministry of it through my brother. I thank you for Tom. I love him. We love him as a family. We are so thankful for this messenger. And uh, we ask that you let the word run tonight. Let it change us. Let it transform us. That it might bring us freedom. That it might bring us into a new place. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Is there anything else I want to say about you? I don't know. You might not know this. This guy is an incredible archer. He shoots a recurve, man. You know, old school, like Robin Hood. You know what I'm talking about? And and we, we got to plant a garden this weekend. I didn't do any planting. I watched him. But it was fun. That's it.
1: Well, thanks. Thanks for welcoming, welcoming me. Um, So tonight we're going to talk about the fear of the Lord. Um, And I just want to come to you in humility. I won't even say that I come close to knowing much about the fear of the Lord. Um, I don't know all there is to know. I know that the Holy Spirit's put this on my heart. So I just pray that I'll be um, a vessel through which the Holy Spirit can flow tonight. And, and bring some of his thoughts on the topic. Lord, we just come to you, Lord, in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. We come to you today, God, humble. We acknowledge the fact that you are Lord, that your wisdom is high above ours, the God that you are glorious beyond compare. And Lord, Lord, we tremble at your word. Lord, we humble ourselves in your sight. I pray, God, that you would give us the spirit of the fear of the Lord tonight. God, that you would have your way. Jesus, you would do what you want to do. God, we submit to you, Holy Spirit. We submit to your leadership. We don't want to do what we want to do. We want to do what you want to do tonight, God. Lord, so open our ears. Give us hearing ears, Lord. I pray that we would hear tonight, and Lord, we would act. Jesus, we wait on you, Lord. God, have your way. Amen. Psalm 113 says the Lord, I'm going to go through lots of scriptures. I don't feel like you have to turn to every one of them. I'll tell you when to turn. If you would like notes, they'll be on the Communitas uh, website or maybe in the update. Or you can just ask me. I feel like the Lord also wants to bring conviction. If you get condemnation, you know it's not the Lord. The enemy brings condemnation. But God wants to use this message to convict us to take us deeper and agree with that as it comes into your heart. Say, yes, I receive this conviction because that humbles us and it makes grace available. Yes, conviction is is actually liberating, and that's why the Lord gives us conviction because it makes us more like Him. It gives us the grace to make ourselves or to become more like Him and to walk in more freedom. So anyhow, I'm going to go through lots of scriptures, Um, so I'm sorry I don't have handouts, but uh, just bear with me. Psalm 113 says, The Lord is high above all nations, His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God who dwells on high, who humbles Himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth? It's humbling for God to behold the things that are in the heavens. And this just crushed my mind a few days ago. When I was thinking like when I think of the heavens, when I think of the universe, I look at the stars, and it blows me away it's huge, it's immense, it's beyond our imaginations, and it's humbling for God to look at it that's how That's how unimaginable he is. So imagine the universe, and then imagine for God to look at it, he's just like, "Oh, I, I can barely even get down there to see it." Um, so he's beyond imagination he's beyond compare. Dwayne Roberts says. A person, and this is in the context of the fear of the Lord, a person who possesses infinite might is not one you flippantly interact with. Jesus is a person, yeah, I will say it again. A person who possesses infinite might is not one that you flippantly interact with. Jesus is a person who merits just the the fact that he exists merits some sort of response from us. Aside from what he's done for us, just the fact that he exists, it merits our response, it it merits our worship, and it it merits the fear of the Lord just by virtue of his existence. His nature demands our absolute allegiance, devotion, respect, and reverence and awe. And in terms of the justice of the universe, it's just that we fear him. It's the right thing that we do to do, that we honor him, just because of who he is, because he's Absolutely perfect. He's absolutely glorious. It's the right thing for us to do to fear him. Um, these are just some of my thoughts before I get into the introduction. Jesus isn't, isn't our, uh, this is a kind of weird word, he isn't our genie. He isn't someone that we can control and just wish for things from. We can't control the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus isn't our plaything. And these are all just things the Lord's convicted me of where I've thought of Jesus as some means to an end other than than his glorification. We can't manipulate Jesus. Um, What he thinks and his opinion is going to be the same now and forever and for all eternity. Um, Kind of on the other side of things, like Paul mentioned, the fear of the Lord isn't torment. I don't want that to come across today. If you're in torment because you're afraid of God, and af- afraid that he's going to punish you and uh, damn you uh, into eternal damnation. That's not the fear of the Lord. That's torment, and that's not where we want to go. So, uh, just as a bit of a background, the fear of the Lord is an important concept found throughout the Bible. The scriptural precedence for the importance of the fear of the Lord as something that we're supposed to possess, choose, and walk in uh, is everywhere. It's all over in the Bible. And we're commended over and over again to walk in the fear of the Lord. And the scriptural benefits of walking in the fear of the Lord are manifold. It's just very evident, and we're going to go through lots of these, how important and how great walking in the fear of the Lord is and how how necessary it is to, in, in a Christian walk. However, I found that in my own life, uh, the fear of the Lord has been somewhat of a nebulous concept. It's been cr- kind of cloudy. It's like, well, all right, I see that I'm supposed to fear you, uh, but what does that really mean? How do I walk in the fear of the Lord on a daily basis? So hopefully... Uh, what I'm going to say now will bring some clarity to the topic in terms of what the fear of the Lord is, why it's important, um, and then how, just some, some practicals, how to walk more strongly in the fear of the Lord day by day, year by year, decade by decade. So, one of the most common perceptions of the fear of the Lord, and I, I say common, I, this, is a, this is a correct perception of the fear of the Lord, but usually when I just think of it and the way I've heard it described, um, is like a holy reverence and awe for the Lord. And that's true. That's something we want. That is what the fear of the Lord is, reverencing him, ultimately respecting him. And a good example of this comes in Isaiah 6, when the prophet is taken to the throne room of God. He exclaimed, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So this is an appropriate response. If we were taken up into the throne room now, uh, we'd do the same thing. And it's an appropriate response even if we're not taken up to the throne room. Um, But usually in my kind of view or framework for the fear of the Lord, I've kind of been like, well, all right, uh, if I have an experience like that, I'll walk in the fear of the Lord. Even in prayer, like sometimes just what I describe, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, just when you can kind of feel the tangible awe and respect for jesus and it's like i don't want to move because you know he's so holy um like we experienced that i feel like a little bit in the prayer time to, or earlier today and that's true that is the fear of the lord but i've kind of always had the context like well how am i gonna you know i'm not gonna really walk in the fear of the lord unless i'm in some situation like that because i don't really know what the fear of the lord is outside of that context So, based on that, um, it seems like there needs to be a little bit more in our understanding of the fear of the Lord, other than this just kind of common, or not common, but common perception of reverence and awe. Which I want to really get put out there clearly, that that is a true aspect of the fear of the Lord, and something we should desire, something we should ask for, and something we should walk in. But we can't wait around for the fear of the Lord to come upon us. Either through an encounter like Isaiah had, or through just an outpouring of the spirit of the fear of the Lord um, or any sort of similar encounter, we can't wait around for that. And also just having holy reverence for Jesus doesn't mean much without doing it without without doing something about it. Uh, Abraham in Genesis demonstrated the fear of the Lord through his actions. Uh, he was willing to sacrifice Isaac, his son, because the Lord told told him to do it. And I look at that and I see that he genuinely cared what God thought above his own immediate circumstance. Genesis twenty-two twelve says, And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad. Apparently the Lord was talking in an Irish accent. Or do anything to him. <laughs> so here's the key. Don't do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. So that one aspect of the fear of the Lord is actually doing something about what God tells us. It's not just having reverence, it's not just feeling awe. Um, And ultimately, the fear of the Lord is something that we choose. Proverbs one twenty nine, I think. I think that's it. I forgot to write it down. Proverbs one twenty nine. Proverbs one someplace. It says that we choose the fear of the Lord. In the context, it, it, it tells us that we can choose the fear of the Lord. It's not an emotion. And off, often in my life, I've viewed the fear of the Lord as an emotion. I've, associated, I've, I've connected the kind of reverence and awe that you feel for Jesus and the fear of the Lord as one and the same. And with, I, can, I wasn't able to separate them. Sometimes I can't separate them. Um, and I just want to say that, again, the fear of the Lord is not an emotion. There are emotions associated with having the fear of the Lord, and they're good. Um, we want those emotions. But I can't sit around, like I said, and wait for the fear of the Lord to happen to me. And I can't even just say, Lord, send me the fear of the Lord. Um, But until then, I'm just going to chill out and do what I want to do. It's not an emotion. Because emotions are fleeting, and we want to steadily walk in the fear of the Lord year after year. And for this to happen... I think we need to look at to the fear of the Lord as more of a lifestyle choice and a value statement of who we are in relationship to Jesus. And by that I mean a statement of, Lord, you are far higher than I am, and whatever you say is better than anything I'm going to say. Whatever you want for my life is better than anything I could want for my life. The fear of the Lord is a lifestyle choice based on our relationship to Jesus, which we find in the Word. And I think we have to develop a deep seated value of valuing his word, his opinion, and his wisdom over our own. So, if the fear of the Lord is something we choose to walk in, I want to know what it looks like practically then. So, you can turn to this one with me Malachi 3, we'll start at verse 13. This passage just blew me away recently. If you don't get anything out of tonight, other than reading this, I'm fine with that. I, I I encourage you to go home if the Holy Spirit tells you to, just to read this over and over again and feed your spirit on this passage. Okay, we're going to read through it. Malachi 3.13, we'll probably go through 17. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance? Ouch. And that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts. So now we call the proud blessed, for those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. We can keep going. It gets, it's pretty good if you keep going, but that's what we'll do for now. So we got two groups contrasted against against one another in this short passage. The first group complains against God. They say, what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance? They're basically saying, all right, based on our circumstance, what God says doesn't really make sense, so we're not going to do it. And actually, the passage doesn't indicate that they're not even walking in his ordinances. It just says that it seems to indicate that in their heart, they're just questioning it. They're questioning whether or not what the Lord has for them is the best. So basically, they no longer cared what God had to say, because it didn't align with their immediate experience, in this instance, circumstantial difficulties, um, and their understanding of how what God was doing could possibly be good, uh, led to diminished fear of the Lord. And this is a really, in, in this context, we see that in in the in the eyes of these people who didn't fear the Lord, they think that the the wicked are are basically being blessed. And this is just this is just a. A side note: This is incredibly relevant to uh, the end times and, and the generation that. that it is relevant to us, but incredibly relevant to the generation who, who will be around when the Lord returns. Revelation 13:7 says, "It was granted to him, the antichrist, to make war with the saints and to overcome them." We're going to. The last generation is going to. Be in a context where it seems like evil is beating good. And the temptation will arise to accuse God and say, Lord, I'm yours. Why did I just get killed? Or why am I being tortured? So that's what was happening here. They didn't fear the Lord because their circumstances didn't, didn't line up with what God was saying. And I want to say this, that our circumstances don't have to line up in our mind with the Word of God. We need to interpret our circumstances through the Word of God. All right, so the second group, they fear the Lord. And this is just great. The Lord clearly finds so much delight in the fact that they fear him. It's like the Lord is just kind of eavesdropping on this conversation. It says, the Lord listened and heard them. Who wants to be heard by God? So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. God loved it so much he wrote a book about them. Um, so that's just great. But anyhow, they feared the Lord. And what this, and it's important to note, they meditated on his name. And his name represents his nature and his character. They understood who God was, and they could therefore interpret this kind of this seemingly confusing context and understand his goodness, uh, regardless of what their five, or six, five senses were telling them. We have five senses plus the Holy Spirit. <laughs> So we need to meditate on his name. We're going to come back to that a little bit more later. Um, But the second group has a right perspective, and I think they probably have a right perspective of God's judgments ultimately in that he will crush all evil in the end. Okay. So what this passage kind of spoke to me about the fear of the Lord, other than what I just said, is that... um, In its simplest sense, walking out the fear of the Lord on a daily basis comes down to honestly caring what the Lord has to say and what his opinion is on a given matter and in everything. And to react appropriately to it. The Lord was just ministering to me and and just asking me, like, or it just hit me, I was like, wow, do I actually care what God says? Do I care what he has to say about this and this? And do do I care what he has to say about my life? So in this context, the Malachi 3 context, we see that the first group of people just didn't care what he said anymore because it didn't line up with what they could sense. The second group still feared the Lord. They cared about his ordinances because he said, that you know, you should do this or this. Even in the context where it didn't make sense to do that. We see this also in Isaiah 66. But in this one... I will look on him who is poor and of a contrite contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Trembling at the word of God. Actually just giving a rip what he says. And there's more to it than that, but a good place to start out is just to care. And I don't mean care in an emotional sense. I mean actually making a choice, saying, Lord, I'm going to put a premium on whatever you say. Whatever your opinion is, whatever your wisdom is, I'm going to choose that, regardless of how it feels. And we can't do that just in our own strength. We can't just grit our teeth. We have to do it through grace. But I think that shedding this light on the fear of the Lord, where it's just as simple as I'm going to agree with what you say, it'll help us to walk in it on a daily basis. And this is how we f- revere Him. This is how this is like this is the primary way I think that the fear of the Lord is manifested in our life. And this is how we reverence Him. It's not just an emotion. It's saying. It's actually doing something about it. Like. Like um, Abraham, he did something. He actually obeyed what the Lord was telling him to do. Back to Proverbs one twenty nine, It says, Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. And it goes on to say what the consequences of that are. But I, I take that passage out because it says they did not choose the fear of the Lord. We have an option to choose the fear of the Lord. We don't just wait for it to come. We do pray for it to come, but we still don't just wait for it. We choose it right now. And I'll just say this, that when we choose the fear of the Lord, emotions lining up with that will follow. Mike Bickle always talks about choosing the will of the Lord, and then your emotions will follow. We do want the emotions associated with the fear of the Lord. I want to stand in holy reverence, just kind of trembling at the Lord, feeling His majesty with my whole being, but if I'm not feeling that, I'm still going to walk in the fear of the Lord. So we choose to fear the Lord, and just say, Jesus, your way is best, it's settled. Just like we can make a choice to obey the law, though we don't really agree with it on a heart level, like I feel like I can drive 70 miles an hour, uh, but most of the time I don't because I just I'm just I I I, you know I respect the authorities over my life. It's a grace-enabled choice to put a premium on agreeing with God on everything and shaping our lives and individual actions in accordance with His opinion. And I like to say that this has an implications on the macro and micro level on every uh, individual choice we make and on just generally how we orient our lives, our life path, the values that we set up in our lives. And I've just been blessed this week how this has even um, impacted me when I've been tempted to do one thing or think a certain thought and then it'll just hit me, you know, mostly because I've been thinking about the fear of the Lord a lot, like... Hey, the Lord doesn't agree with this. And in the past, like, I would, I would know that, but I'd just be like, ah, but I feel this way. And, and it just brought so much clarity to be like, alright, the Lord doesn't believe, or the Lord doesn't feel this way about this, this situation. I'm tempted to feel this way. I'm going to choose to agree with him because I fear him. Um, so we have to ask ourselves if the opinion of Jesus really takes precedence in our lives. Even in the face of trials, pain, seemingly confusing circumstances, momentary prospering of evil, or with choosing the fear of the Lord, or with trembling at his word and taking his opinion seriously, this is how we reverence him. So this is we're going to get into why this is important and, and the fruits of the fear of the Lord, um, but I just want to put it out there. Walking in the fear of the Lord flies in the face of conventional wisdom. It flies in the face of the wisdom of the world because God's ways are so much higher. The things he's going to tell you to do and the the things he tells us to value are just preposterous to the world, to the wisdom of the world. And if you were here last week, you saw some of the, the contrast between man's wisdom and the world's wisdom with Tim Miller. That was excellent. We're going to hit on some of that just for a second here because we really need to just get it deeply rooted in us that God's values are not the values of the world. And when we choose his values, it's going to sometimes hurt a little bit. It's not going to feel great all the time. It's not going to make sense. Ultimately, it's going to feel glorious. But in the immediate, it might not always be easy. Um, just some foundations of, of the, the wisdom of God being far different than the wisdom of man. 1 Corinthians 1.25 says, The foolishness of God is wiser than men. 1 Corinthians 3.19 says, The wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. The way that the spirit of the age views uh, life, views individual circumstances, views decisions, is just foolishness with God. Luke 16, 15, this is a good one, says, What is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. What my natural tendencies tend to value, God just doesn't care about. And that's really liberating when it, in many situations, but oftentimes when I'm really freaked out about various circumstances in life, I kind of step back and be like, Lord, I, one, you're not worried about this, and two, you, you probably don't even care that much. I mean, he does care about our, our lives. I don't want to get that across, but he's really not too concerned about how a certain circumstance may play out. Here's the last one I'm going to hit on, on just the wisdom of God and how it's far different than the wisdom of man. Isaiah 53. Right at the beginning. Isaiah 53, first verse. We might as well go there. We're going there together, guys. Isaiah 53. So Isaiah 53 talks about the arm of the Lord. And the arm of the Lord in Scripture is typically, or it just means God's strength, His power, His salvation, how He's going to crush His enemies. So Isaiah 53 starts out with a rhetorical question. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And, and it, the implied answer is no one. And we'll find out because it's so crazy according to man's wisdom. So who has believed the report? Who has the arm of the Lord? Or, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? So it's saying, who has God's plan for salvation? Who has God's might and power been revealed? Implied answer is no. Because for and this is the arm of the Lord. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant as a root out of dry ground. He has no form of... And this is is the arm of the Lord. For he has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. This is God's plan for salvation. A man who has no form of comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. According to man's wisdom, at least in my mind, God's, the arm of the Lord revealed to me would be Him coming and just annihilating His enemies. I mean, he's going to do that His second coming, Amen. But the primary way He defeated Satan was coming as a lowly man, born in a barn, as a human. And you know, you all know the story and the general concept. But this is a wonderful contrast between God's wisdom and man's wisdom. People don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to us why God would do it that way. So we want to get this. Uh, just we want, I just pray that the Lord would. Lord, I pray that you would put an understanding in us, God, that your values are not the values of our flesh, that your values aren't the values of fleshly comfort, God, that your ways are far higher and more incomprehensible than we can imagine, God, than ours. Jesus, today we choose to value your opinion. God, we choose to value your ways. Lord, we open up our ears. We want to hear what you're saying, regardless of what it is. Lord, we do pray for your judgments in our life. God, we want to know your opinion. God, give us grace to orient our lives in accordance with your opinion. Amen. So most of the things God says are are important, are contrary to the values of the world or the spirit of the age and our flesh. Thus, the fear of the Lord is needed to keep us safe, to keep us on the straight and narrow. Because if we fear Him, if we have a, just a, a value of valuing His opinion, when something comes that's of the wisdom of His age, we'll be able to brush it off, even though it's just it's, it's, the, the wisdom, wisdom of the age is agreeing with our flesh. We'll fear the Lord, know His opinion, and be able to say no to it. And when I say it keeps us safe, I just want to say it's safe in God's perspective. We're safe wherever we are in His will, under His umbrella of protection. It may not always look safe to the world. Even just Clint's lifestyle. (laughs) Clint is walking in the fear of the Lord. He's doing what God has for him, but it's not necessarily conventional. I hope you don't mind I'm saying this. He doesn't have a 9 to 5 job. He's not, you know, it's not safe. He doesn't have like a, a, you know, a, a nest egg, but it's according to the wisdom of God. We love nine, I have a nine to five job. So anyhow, safe is relative to God. Um, and I also want to say that walking in the fear of the Lord is going to manifest itself in different ways. It might be doing something or not be doing something. It might be agreeing with this truth or disagreeing with this lie. And we all get the fear of the Lord in different ways. I pray that some of us, or all of us in the room, would just get a heavenly download where we just walk in the fear of the Lord. But for some of us, that might not happen, or it may not happen right now. So in those instances, we just choose it, and we always just choose it. But I just, it, you know, it's not uniform how we all walk in the fear of the Lord. It's going to look differently. It's going to manifest itself differently. Um, but it's something that we choose. And also, we know that. So I'm kind of putting out this idea that the fear of the Lord, um, based on Scripture. Is, when it comes down to his simplest form, is agreeing with him and acting upon what he's saying. We know that there's other scriptural definitions of the fear of the Lord, and I just want to you know, pay attention to those as well. Of course, Proverbs 8.13 says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, uh, and that's true, of course. But again, I think hating evil is just agreeing with the Lord. He's saying this is evil. It's not what I think is best, um, so you should hate it too. Just agreeing with what he has to say, agreeing with his opinion. So, the prime, one of the primary ways the fear of the Lord is going to manifest itself in our lives is trembling at his word. That is actually carrying what he has to say. So here are some foundations of why the fear of the Lord is important. Uh, the biblical precedence, as I said earlier, for the fear of the Lord and its importance is just incredible. If you just look in a concordance at the fear of the Lord, it's everywhere. Um, the fear of the Lord is described as the beginning of wisdom in both Proverbs and the book of Psalms. And if wisdom can be seen as, this is kind of my definition of wisdom, tell me if you don't like it. Seeing events, people, situations, seeing events, people, situations, and our own lives just the way God does. Viewing it the way God does. There's more to wisdom than that, but that's how I see it. Basically, knowing his opinion. Um, so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Psalm 25 says, Who is, this is great too, who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. So it comes to me, why would you tell someone something if they're not listening to you? So one of the foundations of the importance of the fear of the Lord is it's the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is seeing things the way he sees things and knowing how he views things. And he's not going to tell us how he views things, basically. He's not going to open up the word, give us revelation, if we're not and I'm not, I'm not making a rule of this, but just generally he's not going to open up the word and revelation if we're not first submitted to his opinion and fearing him. So if we actually care what he has to say and what his opinion is, he tells us what he thinks, which is the essence of wisdom. So one way the beginning of the the, beginning of the fear of the Lord is wisdom is that through the fear of the Lord, God, God lets us know what he thinks and what he thinks is wisdom. And I want to know what he thinks. I want to know how he sees things in my life, in the lives of those around me, in this country, in this hour. So, another foundation of the fear of the Lord, why it's important. It's his treasure. Malachi 3 calls those who fear the Lord his special treasure, his jewels. He treasures it. He values it so much. Isaiah 33, 6 says, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. Isaiah 11 says, his delight is in the fear of the Lord. Psalm 147.11 says, The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear Him and those who hope in His mercy. So it's clear that the Lord really likes the fear of the Lord. And I can think of at least two reasons why this is the case. One, it keeps His beloved ones, us, His bride, in the path that is narrow and difficult. and As we've already described, the fear of the Lord keeps us on the straight and narrow and He wants us in the straight and narrow because He doesn't want us to lead fruitless lives, and He doesn't want us to end up in the lake of the fire, lake of fire. Second reason, I think the fear of the Lord is His treasure, His delight. It's a direct statement of our value for Him. So walking in the fear of the Lord is really worship. Walking in the fear of the Lord, agreeing with His opinion, is saying, Lord, I know that Your ways are right. I value You. I worship You, even when it doesn't align with who what I'm experiencing right now. And I think there's an important nexus between the fear of the Lord and His Word. Jesus, or in, in John it tells us that Jesus is the Word. And I'm not really going into this too deeply, but there's just an important connection between the Word and who Jesus is. And if we value His Word, we value what He says, we're valuing Him. Okay, so it's his treasure. He loves it. He loves the fear of the Lord, and we love him. We want whatever will bring him the most joy and pleasure because we love him. The fear of the Lord can't really take place out of the context of relationship with Jesus. And I think there's often an incorrect divorce between the fear of the Lord and the Lord's love. One of the most effective ways, I think, to walk in the fear of the Lord is to walk in love for the Lord and for others. And just because and this is for many reasons, but one of them is because experiencing the love of God in a real way and knowing His goodness makes it easier to say yes to whatever He's telling us. Because we have a, just a developed relationship of trust. When I know that whatever He wants for me is great, it's the best thing I can imagine. So learning to walk in love and just pursuing a relationship with Jesus is probably the most effective way to walk in the fear of the Lord. And also, he tells us to love him, and if we care what he says, we're just going to do it. Um, okay. We already hit this. Another foundation of why the fear of the Lord is important. He looks upon and listens to those who fear him. Malachi three talks about that. Psalm twenty-five talks about that. That he just listens to. He, he listens to them. We want God to listen to us. We want the Lord to look upon us. Another reason for the another foundational reason why the fear of the Lord is important. Uh, whatever, and we already hit this too. Whatever he wants for us far exceeds whatever we could want for us or for ourselves. So if we, the, if we view the fear of the Lord as simply doing what he tells us to do and agreeing with his opinion, we're going to walk in much more fruitfulness. Here's a big one why the fear of the Lord is important. Uh, the day of the Lord. This came up in the prayer time, 2 Corinthians 9 through 11 says, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord we persuade men. The most important appointment day of our life is going to be standing before Jesus when he comes back. And I want to to be able to say to him that I've walked in the fear of the Lord. I've agreed with his judgments. I've agreed with his ideas. I've agreed with his opinions. I've done what he's told me to do. And I just want to say this. The day of the Lord may seem like a far-off event that's not entirely relevant to your life. Let me tell you, it's the most relevant day to your life ever. From the perspective of eternity, it's just around the corner. In our lives, it may not happen, in our lives, it may be 80 years away. It may be 20 years away. But even if it's 80 years away, it doesn't happen in your lifetime. In your wisdom, it seems like a long time from now. But in the perspective of eternity, the day of the Lord is as good as being in the next minute from now. Um, another foundational reason why the fear of the Lord is important. End times. I'm, I'm kind of hitting a little end time theme, these last two ones. Um, just as we know, as uh, the end times in just general difficult times in our life. We know that as the day of the Lord approaches, we're going to need to hear more clearly from the Lord and respond to His Word more precisely. There's probably going to be moments in your lives where you just really need to hear God. He's going to tell you to do something. It's not going to make sense. You just got to do it because you fear Him, and it's going to save your life. So if we don't walk in the fear of the Lord, I mean, seriously, we might, you might die. Um, just putting it out there. Um... So we want to by the time that the Lord returns I want to have or, or the couple years before he returns I want to have an established history of walking in the fear of the Lord and lovingly and easily saying yes to whatever he tells me to do or think. I want a history of it so it's so like I've practiced. So when it comes to the, when game time comes I'm ready to go. All right, I think this is the sixth reason why the fear of the Lord is important. Foundational reason. Jesus walked in the fear of the Lord. And we want to be like Him. If Jesus needed to walk in the fear of the Lord, surely we do. And the fear of the Lord will be part of eternity. Psalm 19 says the fear of the Lord is clean and it endures forever. I think this means many things. I know that our actions now, when we're acting in the fear of the Lord, will have eternal implications. But also... If the fear of the Lord is really just caring what he thinks, we're going to be fearing the Lord for all eternity. So if I'm fearing the Lord for all eternity, I want to espouse those values now and care what he thinks now. It's all that's going to matter. In eternity, what he thinks, it's all that matters now, but in a very tangible and more, more real way through all the ages of eternity, what he thinks is all that's going to matter. Jesus walked in the fear of the Lord. Isaiah 11 says this is talking about the Messiah. The spirit of knowledge and of the, it says the Messiah will have the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And I just want to say that, if we have time, we'll get to this later too. But as co-heirs with Jesus, we have whatever He has. We have a claim to it. He had the fear of the Lord. It's mine. Just gotta got ask for it. Just a quick story here. How much? How much time do I got, Paul? I'm good. quick story from mark 2 I love this Tim Miller opened my eyes to this a while back or I should say the holy spirit through Tim Miller well wow, I hope I can I hope I can find it in here All right I found it <laughs> Mark 1 verse 35 This is just an example of Jesus walking in the fear of the lord and he he tells us throughout the the gospels uh about the fear of the lord just how his wisdom is far higher than ours and you know love your enemy that kind of stuff Here's this a real tangible way that he walked in the fear of the Lord. Verse 35, Now in the morning, having risen, a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone's looking for you. And that makes sense. Jesus is healing multitudes of people. Everyone wants to look for him. Here's Jesus' response. Let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. So in man's wisdom, I know if I woke up and I'm praying, and my friends come to me, Clint comes up to me and says, Hey, there's a whole group of people looking for you, because you did so many great things. I'd be like, Great, let's go minister to them. I want to be great, you know. I like it when people like me. Jesus, walking in the fear of the Lord, and keep in mind, he was just with the Father. He just got the download for the day probably. Jesus says, "Let's go to the next towns," and that's just dumb. I mean, in my flesh, it's just dumbfounding. It's like, okay, but He knew what the Father what the Father wanted. It wasn't the wisdom of man that led Him into the other towns. So, I'm just going to run through those quick so you get them real quick. Foundations of why it's important. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's His treasure. He looks upon and listens to those who fear Him. We know that the fear of the Lord is best for us. The day of the Lord is coming. We're all going to stand before Him. He's going to judge our actions. I just want to bring clarity that. If you're covered in the blood of the Lamb, you'll be on the new earth with Jesus. But He's still going to judge your actions. It's true. Unto reward, yeah. The end times are coming at some point. And we're going to need to walk in a heightened fear of the Lord just to stay alive and be a bold witness to the gospel. And Jesus walked in the fear of the Lord. So, just some fruits of the fear of the Lord. We've already hit on a lot of these. Jeremiah thirty-two forty says, this came up in the prayer time too, I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from, the, from doing them good. But I will put my fear in their hearts so, so that they will not depart from me. As noted above, the fear of the Lord keeps us from departing from Him. That's one of the reasons He loves it so much. It keeps us in His arms, keeps us on His paths. Psalm 19 says the fear of the Lord is clean. (laughs) Clean. 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 And this is kind of a mysterious verse. It means many things, or a couple things come to my mind. Um, Obviously that it keeps us from doing bad things. Um, something that Andy brought to my attention that makes a lot of sense, is it it just helps bring clarity from all the other voices in the the universe. If we care only what Jesus is saying about our lives, every demon that's lying to you, it brings clarity from that. Every friend, what they're thinking about you, it brings clarity from that because you just don't care about that anymore. What your own flesh is telling you, you don't care about that. You just care what one person thinks. One opinion matters in the entire universe. So it keeps us clean. It brings clarity. Here's a good one. Acts 9 says that the believers walked in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and they were multiplied. Walking in the fear of the Lord leads to multiplication, revival. And we need the comfort of the Holy Spirit if we're walking in the fear of the Lord because he's going to tell us. He just tells us to do things that are, like I said, are contrary to man's wisdom. (laughs) I read this verse, and I'm just like, Man, I often walk in the fear of man and the comfort of my flesh. But praise the Lord, He's redeemed me. He is the one who's changing me. Um, so let's walk in the fear of the Lord and come to the Holy Spirit. It will bring multiplication. And we don't want multiplication for multiplication's sake. We want multiplication for the glory of Jesus. And so as many people as possible end up on the new earth with Jesus for all eternity. Hallelujah. Hindrances to the fear of the Lord. We touched on these already too. Fear of man. If we fear man, we don't fear God if we're we're told in Scripture not to fear man, so fearing man is in direct opposition to the fear of the Lord. And it's basically, like I said, if if I care more what Clint thinks about my life than what God thinks, I'm not fearing God. I'm trying to orient myself around Clint's values. I'm setting him up as a standard. Clint sets a pretty high standard. But I still don't want to set him up. I don't want to set Clint as my standard of righteousness or anything. I'm then walking in the fear of man. And Clint doesn't have power to transform my life. Jesus does. I want to set him as a standard of perfection, of the perfect man. Cuz he's the one who can transform it, and he's the one who is is perfect. So, fear of the man hinders the fear of the Lord. Fear of, I call this fear of myself, caring more what I th- what I think in my own wisdom than what God thinks. And he's just been telling me to do things lately that don't make sense and it's a, it's a struggle sometimes. It's a real struggle. But we're going to hit on some ways to establish the fear of the Lord and how to walk in it. Um, Caring more what Satan or demons think about us. That's not walking the fear of the Lord. And the comfort of the flesh. Caring more about just our comfort than what his opinion is and his judgments in our life. All right, so with this I'm going to close. I'm just going to hit some ways how to walk in the fear of the Lord. Like we said earlier, the fear of the Lord isn't just an emotion. It's not just... Having tangible reverence and awe for Jesus, that is an important aspect of the fear of the Lord, and I want to revere him with everything I have. I don't want to, as Dwayne Roberts says, flippantly approach him. Um, But we want to know how to walk in the fear of the Lord daily. One of the things that came to mind that that a friend of mine told me uh, or brought up is that we need to repent of our rebellion. Just a, just coming to the Lord humbly, saying, Lord, I know I don't walk in the fear of You all the time. I know that You still love me perfectly all the time, completely, but I know I don't walk in the fear of the Lord. Forgive me. Forgive me for valuing my own opinions. Forgive me for not revering You. So repentance is a good one to start with. Another one is just to pray for it, ask for it. And this, praying for it in different ways, praying for... I want a sovereign outpouring of the spirit of the fear of the Lord. I want that. So pray for that. But also just praying that we would simply value his opinion over our own. That we would care about what he has to say. God, I just pray that you would orient my heart with you. With your opinion. Align me with your values. Help me to fear you. Those are probably the two biggest ones. Pray and repent. Um, But here's another good one. Profess the word over our lives. We know that... the as co-heirs with Jesus that the fear of the Lord is our inheritance. So just profess that over your life. Or any time you come across the Word, something in the Word, and you see that you're not aligning with that, um, just profess that over your life, the truth of the Word over your life. And even like There's lots of times when I don't feel like saying what the Word says over my life because it just feels, it doesn't feel right, but I just do it in faith and my emotions line up with it. So profess the Word over our lives. Jesus walked in the fear of the Lord. So that's just a good one that we're coerced with Jesus. Um, meditating on his wisdom and on his nature, or, the, or just the Word of God, meditating on his attributes, feeling ourselves and just feeding our spirit on how glorious he is. In worship, in prayer, in alone time, sitting silent before the Lord, contemplating his greatness. That will help us to fear him because it'll actually begin to put a context in our mind of how much higher his thoughts are than ours. Um, another way to walk in the fear of the Lord, something that helps, is just contemplate all these benefits of the fear of the Lord that I just laid out. If I really, under, if I really believe these things, and and, and understand that walking in the fear of the Lord is going to bring this and this and this, it's just going to help me to do it more easily. And here's maybe I keep saying all of these are the most important one. This is another important one. We just need to fall in love with Jesus fear of the Lord doesn't work outside of the context of relationship with Jesus. If I love Him, if I value Him, if I trust Him, it would be so much easier to yield to what He has to say. So the fear of the Lord needs to become an overarching statement of our life, of what we value and how we orient our actions, our thoughts, our beliefs, and our general course in life. And we need to act accordingly to what He says. Uh, I think that's that's what the fear of the Lord is. Amen. That's that's all I got.
0: I want to say something that I'm so proud of you, Tom, for bringing this word because it takes a measure of the fear of the Lord to preach on it because it's not popular. I don't know about you. How many of you heard a message ever preached on the fear of the Lord here before ever? Is this the, some some of you have? How many? It's the first time ever. You ever heard about this topic? That's scary to me. No, it really is. And and I'm proud of Tom because he is pleasing the Lord by preaching a message for God and to obey God. And one of the things I appreciate about this reality is it, it brings perspective.